Thursday, a week today from when you're going to get this video. Everything needs to be buttoned up, crystal clear on how that whole company is going to operate for the next 90 days. Don't want anyone confused. I want everyone on board. I actually want everyone fucking pumped, um, which is sort of the next point, which is like we go on the full offense. Uh, I want everyone being aggressive for the next 90 days. We're in a position where we can be aggressive. We're fortunate. We have a great team. We have a great community. We've got great people. Like we have to be on the front foot now because the companies that do are going to fucking win. And you guys are winners. And I mean that. I'm not just saying this and I'm not just getting on my soapbox and ranting. You're all winners and we're a great team. We have done some ridiculous things as I've reviewed this year. Every single year I say the same thing. I can't believe how much we've improved in the last 12 months. This year is our best year. Culture is fantastic. You guys are awesome. The fact that we've pulled through this and we are where we are today and I am so energized to get this video out to you and I cannot wait to hear your thoughts and feedback about how we can operate efficiently in the next 90 days. And when TalkTalk launches, we can launch a new platform that starts the ecosystem for what we're going to build in the future where trades, merchants, brands and homeowners all intersect and we're a platform that sits on top of. We're fucking doing amazing things and you're part of it. And without you, it wouldn't exist. Hey guys, and welcome to the latest episode of The Startup Diary. I am Harrison Mudge, and I'm with my co-host, Adam Callum. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. If you're new to the show, this is where we share the highs, the lows, and all the learnings of what it takes to build a business. Thanks for joining us for this episode. <laughs> What an odd intro, Adam. Uh, the listeners will have heard a bit of audio just before we came in um, from a recent video that you shared with the team. Do you want to just explain what was in that video? Or do you want to dive into like the different areas of it or the key takeaways? How do you want to tackle this? Um, well, I guess the whole purpose of this show is to sort of like document what we're doing at Expert Trades on a weekly basis. And last week was just completely consumed um, by our month sorry our year end you can tell i'm just absolutely frazzled by that yeah. but guys if you listen to this i apologize in advance if i sound disjointed and tired it's because i feel disjointed and i feel tired and you might hear it in the audio as well <laughs> just the voice yeah um it's interesting actually because one of uh we've had a, a number of comments which have said one of people's favorite shows is you know the show that I was in just the one the, where you're beaten <laughs> the, the, just the show that i was literally like i'm not in the mood harry just turn it off and you're like no and you hit record and you sat me down um the same tone is coming through but not from a not i don't think not from a stress point of view just generally just tired um because the way our business operates first of may is the start of our financial year so last week at the point of recording this um, there was a, a lot of work to do and April for me was just one of the oddest months in business that anyone's ever had. For me, it was the oddest month for a number of different reasons. One, team working remotely, mm -hmm. COVID, but we're all sick to death of hearing that about that and I'm aware of it, but that creates knock-on impacts to revenues and everything that we do as a business and how we forecast. I have a responsibility every year to pull together our uh, management accounts at the end of month then put together a budget for what I think we're going to achieve in the next financial year, so 2021. I'm trying to put a budget together in these circumstances um, is just impossible. Mm -hmm. It's like just get a dartboard, throw a number at it. Uh, throw a number at a dartboard. That's a new one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> guys, it'll be one of those shows, guys. Uh, for those of you that are small business owners, you know exactly how I'm feeling right now. Um, but revenue is impossible to forecast, so it's then... You don't have to make one forecast. You have to make a number of different forecasts for different situations. And what, just to jump in there, why have you got to, obviously, 
because you don't know what the true forecast is going to be, but why have you got to make three as opposed to just one, but then give a larger margin of error, if that's even something you allocate? Yeah, so the reason we do a forecast, and most people think forecasts are pointless, but we've actually been within 5% of every forecast we've done for the last four years. So I think we've got a pretty good grasp of what's achievable. And I think one interesting thing happens with every forecast that you do, if you do it, if you do it properly and apply some thinking to it, you also plant like a number that you're driving towards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we've seen it in a lot of things that we do is once you've set a goal, you kind of, you can work towards it and it's amazing how things happen. So I think a forecast is positive in that respect. But the reason that I've had to create three is because the the circumstances we're in right now, they're just completely unknown. Like We don't know what's going to happen in four, six, eight, 12 weeks. We've seen brands react um, from a marketing perspective, just shut shop, put everything on freeze. And we don't know when that's going to open back up. So the best way of me explaining it for the listeners is imagine just doing like a good, better, best scenario to try and be positive with it Mm -hmm. is, and what it really is, is worst case situation. If the things carry on as they are right now, how long can we sustain the business without the revenues we've achieved? So from a cash flow perspective, uh, what does that look like? If we're saying, actually, we think the market's going to operate in this fashion, brands are going to come back on board in this way, subscriptions are going to pick up at this growth, what does that look like? And then a positive outlook of actually, uh, we think we can achieve X with when the conditions go in our favor. So what this allows us to do as a business is go, um, okay, worst case, best case, middle ground, look at them all and go, okay, what, what are we going to do? What is a strategy over the next three, six, nine, 12 months? And to be honest, I've refused to do it past 90 days. I know I cash flow further than that, but from a forecasting perspective, there is, and I've tried, I tried to do it for more than 90 days, but it's absolutely impossible and pointless. Um, so what I ended up doing was cash flow forecast, uh, good, better, best, uh, and then a week on week, 12 month rolling for financial forecast for the business over the next three months, um, just to sort of make sure that on a weekly basis, I'm clear of what we need to achieve uh, and then what cash position that puts us in. Mm-hmm. As well as trying to work out what, options we have to us because we're trying to be aggressive right now we're trying to not hunker down and be a hermit and cut all costs i actually want to use this as an opportunity um but you have to warrant all the risks so we've got like a 30k extra development project in the pipeline that we're about to press the green light on so we kind of just need to know all the variables to then make decisions in the business so that's what last last week was for me What's that quote that you've got? You, you don't want to come back the same. You want to come back better or? <laughs> Absolutely butchering that, I know, but what? <laughs> uh, I don't want to go back to normal. I want to go back to better is, is the Thank thing you. that I keep I keep banging on. Mm-hmm. Well, mainly in my head. Um, obviously not saying it enough in the office that you're present and that you remember it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't want to go back to normal. I just know that we're trying to get back to better. Good. That's like the main it. bit I'm getting. Like it. Um <laughs> But I, I honestly, I don't want to go back to normal because, but going back to normal means we're going to spend two years going back, trying to get back to where we were mm-hmm. three months ago. And I think any small business owner right now who's going to go in through any adverse impact in their business, the thought of working for two years as a business owner to go back to where you were just eight weeks ago, it's draining just thinking about it. So for me, and even it might just be from a motivational perspective, like, I'm trying to make sure we go back to something better so I feel like we've progressed because standing still for two years has has very little appeal to me. And also on the flip side of it is there was a great, great um, quote from, 
I feel terrible. So I forgot the guy's name, uh, but we had him on the on the podcast. And at the point of recording this, it will probably be this week. So I apologise. Peter Limburg. Peter Limburg. From, there you from, go. From, from the stalls over. There. <laughs> <laughs> Samuel got stirrups up, um, which is always good. Uh, so Peter Limburg said something on the podcast that you'll hear later this week, which is um, risk has never been cheaper. And I, I abs- when, he, when he said that, I was like, fuck, that is a great quote. Uh, like, risk has never been cheaper because e- everyone... That, I think that was actually... Was that Vlad? Vlad, oh, Vlad sorry. Edelman, uh, Vlad Edelman, yeah. Edelman. So anyway, guys... Uh, <laughs> one, of, my- one of the following <laughs> interviews will contain this quote, um, <laughs> scavenger hunt. <laughs> so one of them said it, okay? And it hit me and I was like, that is so true mm-hmm. because... If you if you just drew out like on a chart like where your business is, where it was, and where it could go if things go well or go badly, you're closer to bad now than good. Mm-hmm. Just to put it as it is, like you're on the downward slope because of what's going on in the economy and the current circumstances, which means the downside is less and the upside is greater. So now is the time to take risks because. Uh, to that quote who I can't remember who said it uh, risk has never been cheaper so for me it's okay and this is an exaggeration because uh, we're not in this situation but if you're thinking I could go out of business in the next 90 days then you may as well try and do something new and swing for the fences compared to tread water for 180 days and then drowned so my advice for everyone is think if you are in that position swing big and we're not in that position because we, we we took the approach last year as I communicated in the video we sent to the team, which this is my long-winded way of saying what that video was, um, is we have cash reserves, but I still don't want to just tread water for six months because we have an opportunity. And any entrepreneur, real entrepreneurs, uh, see an opportunity. And they don't try and profiteer in the same way that I think I said in a previous <laughs> podcast that if, uh, I can't remember where we've said it, but if people are selling toilet roll and anti-back I'm ready, I'm ready to make an edit <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is just a great go it was, I saw it on LinkedIn if you're selling toilet roll and anti-back at a premium you're not an entrepreneur you're just a um, there's your beep Harry I'll let you make that note mm-hmm. um, but real entrepreneurs now are going to find a way to better serve their customers and uh, it's interesting because it's going to get rid of loads of shit businesses the people that were on your playing field causing you a problem maybe competitors maybe do something similar getting a bit of wallet share uh, from your customers, those a lot of those people are going to go out of business, which is going to create opportunity. And it's working out now what to do over the next ninety days to maximise the upside and take risks that you wouldn't normally take. Yeah, and and just the landscape in general is changing. So what, and this is kind of why we're sort of shifting as well. But what worked before, it probably isn't going to work in in the very near future. So like, um, obviously we've done a lot of brand work and like you say, their marketing budgets Mm -hmm. are, their wallets are not going to open anytime soon. And when they do open, they're going to be a fraction of what they were for a a good length of time. So how we tackle the following months at Q1 and moving forward is going to be, needs to be very different because otherwise, like you say, we're going to take two years to just achieve what we were before all this kicked off. Um, So I guess to just talk about the video itself like obviously we've you delivered a video because it's we're in lockdown um, yeah no one's in the office normally you would get everyone in a room and, and we're doing all hands off site that's what yep. we kind of got into the habit of doing yeah and there's like good morale team building and things like that um 
I guess first of all, what was it like to <laughs> to deliver a a keynote to the team? As it no were? fun, <laughs> no honestly, no fun. Like from my personality type, I really I enjoy being around people, and I think subconsciously there's something going on with me right now. I'm just struggling. I get energy off people, and one of the byproducts of um, lockdown for me, and I'm, I haven't really worked out why I thought it through. But I feel like at the moment, I'm just feeling a little bit extra drained because I'm not getting energized by the people I would normally be around. And then having to deliver a presentation where normally I would be energized, standing up, and I, I enjoy presenting. Uh, and to our team, more importantly, because it's it's usually important to what we do. I enjoy the interaction, the questions, and also seeing little, little things like even way back when I used to do table table magic at restaurants i used to be a magician that's how i used to make some money i enjoy that interaction and eye contact and misdirect i I enjoy that Mm -hmm. and i take a lot of what i used to do in magic into presentation in terms of like how you control eye contact and audience engage where you're at and not being able to do that i find it extremely difficult to present um a pre-recorded video but the reason i did it pre-recorded is because the nature of our meetings there's a there was a lot for me to cover off and there was a risk and it's on myself uh, largely, is that I, I go down lots of different rabbit holes. And because I was extremely clear, because I've done the amount of work to sort of close the year, work out where we are, and then work out where we need to go to, I, d- I needed to just get that message across. And I think if it was delivered in person, people would have understood that. Uh, but on a video call, because I'm not used to that environment, I didn't want to risk spending four hours on a video where everyone gets off and goes, fucking hell, that was long. And it's mm. it's not pre-recorded, so people can't go back and watch it. And I went down lots of rabbit holes. My biggest fear was doing all that work, spending four hours on a off-site done by Zoom, mm-hmm. um, and then thinking, I don't think my message landed. So by pre-recording it, it allowed me just to power through a, a deck, which I, I just pulled together and then used Loom just to put my head over the over the slides and just talk through it all. But I found it, to answer your question, I just found it difficult it's just not something that I enjoyed, but again, we're just adapting to what we've got with us right now. How do you think your message came across to people? Yeah, and, and do you think do you think so? When you delivered it, do you think you hit the kind of tone that you were hoping for? And then when you spoke to everyone on Monday, because we watched it on Friday or mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday, um, when you spoke to people on Monday, did you did that change? So I guess. I think that I think the message came across. Um, and think, what was the tone you were trying to deliver? I guess. Yeah, I think so. The tone that I was trying to deliver was: there's peacetime and there's wartime, mm-hmm. and we've been in peacetime for a long time. Uh, and during peacetime, we get the privileges of longer debates about activity. We can ponder things, and we can make mistakes because when revenues are strong and there's plenty of opportunities, is you can make a mistake and then reverse and go the other way. Um, But what happens during wartime is you don't have that luxury. You don't have the time to spend two months debating over the right thing. There are not a a huge amount of opportunities out there, so you have to seize the opportunities that you see. And to seize opportunities, you have to move quick. And oddly, I think I'm actually a much better wartime CEO than peacetime CEO. Uh, the reason that I'm trying to develop myself as a manager is during peacetime, there's certain things that I think I'm pretty poor at. Uh, I like to make the quick decisions and just say, don't fucking ask, just do. 
And that's a really terrible attitude and approach to take, uh, especially when you're trying to manage and lead a team compared to just direct a team. But my natural is get it done or I'll do it myself. So one of the learning curves I've been on over the last seven years with Expert Trades is trying to learn to manage people. And I've been on that journey and I'm, I think that journey will never end. It's just a learning curve. Whereas with my wartime attitude over the next 90 days specifically, and that's what I was trying to deliver in the tone of the video, is cool guys, I've done a lot of work behind the scenes that I don't need to expose you to. Normally, peacetime, I would explain the reason that that number is like that and the all the work gone into these decisions and here were the options and let's make sure that we're all in agreement if that's the right thing. But I've done it all, okay? And I know the outputs and the outcomes of each situation we can go through. And I've sort of drew out this and gone, well, that is our best chance right now. So I don't want to debate it. I just want to tell you this is what we're doing over the next 90 days because we're working remotely and that creates its own challenges. Uh, I just need everyone to be crystal clear on here's the five objectives and here's the measures, here's the key results that we need to achieve and everyone needs to just get behind this because when we get to the end of the 90-day period, this is how I'm going to measure this company, nothing else. And I think that message came across. I think I, if it was in person, it would have been delivered softer and I think I probably over pressed that tone because I just needed to land it. And by not having that reception, that feedback loop from people in the room, I didn't know whether it was landing or not. So I I really hammered it home in some points. What's your, um, what was your thoughts? Let me flip it on you. What, so what was your feeling when you watched the so video? So it's interesting you say that because I actually think that, um, I think, and this is only me, but there was, because obviously, because, it's hard to explain, but there's maybe an element of um, positivity is not the right word, but I think that the way you delivered it was sort of, we've got to work hard, but we'll sort of get through it. Um, but we all just need to deliver. I think it, for me anyway, it came across still with a positive sla a positive twist. Good, like good, because things are good for us. Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't a guys, the fucking ship's on fire, we need to do all this or we're going to sink. That's not the tone I was going for. Yeah, it was I, don't, a, I don't necessarily mean positive or negative. I mean more maybe like serious, like we need to... Yeah. So like the the positive twist on it was a bit more like we'll be okay sort of thing. Whereas I think if... if and I don't know how you would have done this any differently really because you can only sort of say it one way unless like say shit's going to hit the fan. Um, but I think maybe if you could have delivered it a bit more in a serious tone. I'm not sure cause unless, unless you AB tested it, but there's a, there's a balance. And mm. I think what I wanted to get across, there's no fear. There's no concern that we'll be out of business in 90 days. I guess if I had to summarize the, the tone that I wanted to get across is guys, there is no fear in the next, there is no concern in the next 90 days we go out of business. But if we don't execute on the strategy, there is a risk we got out of business in the next six to nine months. So the foundations we're about to build, and I have all the confidence in the world that our team will deliver on those foundations, will put us in a great position to capitalize on the opportunity in front of us. However, if we don't, we're going to have a problem. And I, don't, I wanted to make sure that everyone knew that at the end of this 90-day period, I don't want to sit around a table and think one person has not pulled their weight. That's just unacceptable right now. Everyone has to pull their weight. And now is the time where the business is making financial decisions to put people first. If people don't respect that and over deliver, 
then we're going to have some tough conversations in this 90-day period. I told people before we went into lockdown that things are going to change mm-hmm. because some crazy shit's going on in the world and we don't know what's going to happen. But when I ask you to dig in, I need you to dig in. And April was not the month I asked people to dig in because there were so many uncertainties. I didn't want to make decisions in the company and send people down a direction without all the thinking behind it. So April was a time for people to sort of get settled in, air quotes, the current situation. Now's go time. Mm-hmm. Now's the time where we have to actually pull in the later hours. And I very rarely actually ask people to pull in later hours. I ask you to be at your desk and work hard when you're here. Uh, and I'm a big believer in when you go home, you should be able to switch off and recharge. Next 90 days is about putting in extra hours and making sure that we set ourselves up for um, all the success that we can capture if we do our jobs properly. That's the tone that I was going for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on just on the OKR tracking front, I think that's quite an interesting thing to maybe cover. Um, we moved away from Monday this time. You mm-hmm. moved it onto a magic spreadsheet that had a dial that moves <laughs> with percentages and things like that. I didn't even know if Excel could do that sort of thing. Um, why did you move? A, why have you done something on? Sorry, not on our project management system yep. and just opted for Excel. So to set the context, it's normally something called monday.com for like project management. Mm-hmm. And the way that OKRs were were sort of placed on there, everyone had their own individual board. I would go in and check my direct reports. My direct reports is OKRs and someone like Matt in the team who manages a couple of people, then he would have to do the same for his direct reports. The problem is, and I probably... Um, we'll continue to do it on a singular Google Sheet. So we've got one Google Sheet with a couple of tabs. One's got the objectives and one's got the key results, but company-wide. I think while we were rolling out OKRs, it was really important for me to see what people were doing towards their objectives mm-hmm. and how they were how they were working on those key results, the measures of the, uh, the success. The approach that I've taken over the next 90 days is I don't care what you're doing behind the scenes, Harry we've agreed the objectives and the key results and I'm only going to measure on the key results. So you can toss it off for, for, for three months if you want to. We'll know mm-hmm. after 90 days and then we'll have a conversation. I'm just, I think what's my change in thought process is people are understand now what objectives and key results are and we're a relatively small team, we're 11 people and the times for jumping in and reading comments and what are you doing on this? They're all gone. Like we've just all got to step up right now. Don't need to micromanage it anymore. Don't need to micromanage it. And people understand it. I can tell from the actions that people are taking, they understand that there's objectives, key results. And then there's the tactics behind that to make it all work. Like what's the day-to-day things I need to do? What are the tasks I need to do to get it to happen? And before I wanted to know those tasks. Um, but I've just kind of just said, actually, cool guys, I keep telling you how good you are. Uh, and I, I genuinely believe it let's just fucking see <laughs> like let's just see like 90 days objectives key results i don't care when you're i don't care when you're on slack i don't care about any of this i'm just going to be checking in update your progress your metrics on your key results if you've got to get a thousand enrolled people to expert trades academy every month uh, and at the end of month one you've got a hundred we'll have a conversation we'll try and work out why what's the bottlenecks how can i help but all i need to do is see like are you on track you behind that can that can initiate a conversation mm-hmm. so it's sort of let and everyone do their job properly and seeing who sinks and swims interesting um maybe we should touch base after q uh, not q1 um q1 technically yeah so when people hear or do you I, I, I meant uh, i meant month one of q1 um just okay. to see 
if any, how everything's getting on, basically. Because obviously we did OKRs for the first time in Q4, technically, right? Yeah. Yeah. For and people listening, they might think the quarters aren't adding up. The way that they're historically they've worked is within our uh, just calendar years. Mm-hmm. So we'd have Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4. So Q4 would be the last three months of the year. Um, because April was a write-off, basically, like there was no objective setting, which should have been the start of our, our quarter. We sort of just said, actually, just write April off. There's just too much going on. Let's just find our feet and work out where we are in the world. Um, and then because the 1st of May is at the start of our financial year, we're just running our OKRs in parallel with our financial year now, which makes sense because if we're trying to do, like for me, one of my objectives is to beat our forecast for Q1, yep. like our financial forecast. Um, so I know what our forecast is, so it, it runs in line and parallel. So um happy to touch base at the end of the quarter. I think one thing that will be interesting probably is a, a conversation pretty soon is, the stuff that's going on this week at the point of recording this, the video went out last week and basically said to people, here's the company-wide objectives. Go and work out your own personal objectives and key results to help us achieve the company ones. It's been really interesting seeing people. I've said I'm I'm available every hour of the day. Just tell me when you want, put it in my calendar, and we'll go through it. It's been really interesting seeing the people that have come to me and tried to qualify their OKRs and their thought process and bits like that. I've really got a good sense that people understand what, we're trying to achieve mm-hmm. and how we're going to measure it. So it might be worth just jumping on and probably talking through some of the team OKRs and bits like that. Um, and potentially even just getting like Matt on the, on the podcast because he's probably spent the most amount of time with me qualifying what he could do, what he shouldn't do and, and bits like that. And the Is process that, that he's, he's went through. Cause he's got some guys beneath him. He's got a couple of guys beneath him, but uh, his department's extremely important to us right now. Mm-hmm. So from a revenue perspective, the the website package is a subscription service um and obviously brands are frozen some retainers but uh trades are still once we're still operating as the key workers but other ones are still trying to work on their website and their brand ready for when they come out of lockdown so all those subscriptions are still live and it sort of just created a call mat one you need to keep your customers happy and make sure that we are retaining those subscriptions but one of the key things that we're trying to do is move the business towards more subscription-based services for trades and brands and I think one thing that I might have covered off in a previous show is I wish we'd done more and offered more services to the trade mm. because some of them are just yeah, just unprepared for what's going on, even just from a financial forecasting perspective. So it's like, what can we do to offer more? Well, we always shy away from charging tradespeople because we always think we just want to give everything away for free to the trade. But the sort of the counter argument to trying to do everything for free is you don't deliver as much value as you could. Value is like, if you give me a pound and I give you one pound 10 back, you're going to give me as many pounds as you can. So we need to just take that approach and say, what are the services our trades need us to do? What's, what have we highlighted over the last eight weeks that they go, actually, that they're not creating cash flow templates. They have no idea what their cash flow situation is. So we need to create some courses around cash flow and provide some templates and do all this work for them. I really want to lean into that. And Matt's got the best opportunity because he has the most paying customers from a subscription model to say, cool, Matt, if you wanted to increase the ARPU, which is the average revenue per user of your website customers, what products and services could you offer if we did it all in-house? And what's the capacity of your team? And if we don't have the skill set, how do we train the team or hire people to do it? Again, we may as well take risks now. Mm-hmm. So what do we have to design over the next 90 days? So in 90 days, we'll go to market with the right product mix for trades and brands. Like it, cool. We will leave it there, guys. If you have any questions, you can email in startupdiary at nbs.fm. Adam, any final words? Yeah. Um, the key thing is for me, like th- this show has just been very in the weeds, and you probably just get a sense that um, 
I'm not pissed off is what I'm trying to end this show with. I completely, the amount of conversations I'm having with other business owners right now that are just in the same sort of boat of just like, there's so much going on. How do I make sense of it? Just do me a favor. If you are feeling like I am feeling, reach out to people within your network. Like just have open conversations. One of the best conversations I've had today is with you, Harry, and Sam who's sat there typing away in his What's It sandwich. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, it basically felt like a therapy session mm. uh, because I was just chatting openly with two people I, I love dearly and respect. Please do not suffer in silence if you are stressing right now and you're a small business owner. And if you're not in a position where you have a network of people, head over to Facebook and search for the business owners group. It's amazing the quality of person that is in that group. And you can post something in there regardless of whether it's trying to support someone else or get support. We have no dickheads in there. Mm-hmm. So there is just positivity trying to support each other. If you haven't got that network, go and jump in. Don't be a lurker. Comment and engage. I promise you it will help you think a little bit clearer. Uh, so yeah, do not suffer in silence. Uh, I know things are challenging, but uh, try and take advantage of it. Try and create opportunity out of it. Don't go back to normal. Go back to better. Um, let's uh, create some opportunities. Risk has never been cheaper. Um, and just stay stay safe. Um, I'm in a fortunate position, and so is Harry, I believe, from the last time we checked in, that no one has directly been impacted by this mm-hmm. on a health-wise. So keep things in perspective. Uh, anyway, speak to you next time. <laughs>